Thank you again for being back with us on the Missoula podcast. I love the Missoula podcast. What a journey this has been. It's been so much fun. I love it too, Brandon. The conversations, the, the people we get to meet, the impact in the community. It's been, it's been rewarding. What a great place we live. Uh, we need more great guests. Love to have more great guests. So you as our audience, those who listen, if you know of somebody that you think would be an exceptional conversation on the pod, send them over to themissoulapodcast.com. Uh, click be a guest, fill out that intake form. Someone on our team will get back with them, but we just want to keep finding these, these conversations and uh, continue bringing great episodes to our community. Yeah. yeah. And that really is our mission. We love this place and we know a lot of people love it also highlighting people's stories, their businesses, entrepreneurs, anybody that's really has made an impact on this great city that we call home. So please, if you have yeah. somebody or you yourself that thinks would be a great guest. I'm also grateful for those of you that have liked yeah. the show, have subscribed. You know, we're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, whatever platform you may use. Thank you for subscribing. Uh, this show is growing week over week and really grateful for that. If you have not yet liked or subscribed, uh, at the next red light, hit subscribe. Uh, on your desktop, quickly scroll over, hit subscribe. Uh, greatly appreciate your following and the impact the show's making. Yeah, I'm excited for our guest today, Brandon. He <laughs> Speaking is, of impact. Yeah, impact. Uh, this guy's a mover and a shaker. There's no doubt about it. Wild card. Wild card. Raw. Were you kind of nervous interviewing him? I was because he was so intense and, and just he's so driven. Yeah. Like he's always thinking about how he can you know, create a new business, how he can help this. And I don't ever know what direction he was going. You've yeah. known him for a long time, so... Yeah, the thing with Ryan Bradshaw is you never know what's going to come out of his mouth next. Like, it, he's one of my favorite people because you just, you're always on the edge of your seat when you're around him or with him. Uh, Ryan's a great guy. He's built multiple businesses. He and his wife have found success in different uh, marketing programs, very entrepreneurish. Uh, he's passing that down to his kids and teaching them how to build business. Uh, he coaches you sports. Uh, he was my son's AAU basketball coach for several years. Uh, I don't even know how we first met. Actually, I did, it's a lie. We played basketball against each other in high school. Oh, yeah. Uh, is where it first started. And I uh, just have a, the utmost respect and admiration for Ryan Bradshaw. Uh, just love the guy and just a fun, fun conversation. So sit back, relax, take a listen. This is the Missoula Podcast with Ryan Bradshaw. Ryan Bradshaw, what's going on, man? Uh, not much. I'm I'm excited to be in here. Dude. I'm admiring the setup. Well, thank you. The we, setup is legit. Not bad for you know some humble humble dudes. Couple oh, amateurs. Yeah, yeah a couple uh, amateurs. Uh, first thing first, uh, you're wearing a Lakers hat. In that's why I'm surprised it looks so good in here. Yeah. Anybody that supports the Celtics, you expect a lot less. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like um, we we I represent winning franchises. <laughs> You know, wow. shots have been fired. I think yeah. we've won the same number of championships. Yeah. So let me clarify. And, something. and you have one that was in the bubble. Let me clarify so an asterisk on that. Of yeah, course, we do have a bubble, come. but the Celtics have won one championship since 1985. That's right. One. And they all they can hang their hat on is the what the 50s and 60s when our grandparents aren't even alive still that didn't witness that. So yeah. I guess Celtics like, wow, they won what? 
I'm 10 with out you. of 11. I'm with you, Ryan. There a bunch of plumbers. Point, they were playing a bunch of plumbers. At some and, point, and you got to just say, hey. Hey, well, we're, here we are on the Missoula <laughs> podcast. Um, no, Whoa. dude, Ryan, seriously, excited to have you. Uh, mm. Just this morning, I was thinking, like, when did Ryan and I first meet? And I think it the first our first interaction was on the basketball court back in back the late in the 90s, early 2000s. You were uh, Drummond, Montana. Yeah, Drummond. Just a kid from Drummond. Um, and Stephen, you probably don't know this, but Bradshaw could ball out. Right. Um, he was I had kid. my time. He was that kid where <laughs> I had my time. Like it didn't matter where in the gym he was in range. Mm-hmm. Um, and just we had a good time, man, playing hoops. You know, remember like the, the and one era, like all like oh, that. that's. I remember we would look at Valley Christian on a schedule and just circle a W. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know, <laughs> you actually, know that's this, not right? true. Actually, it, it, you don't know this. No. I'm the I'm the head coach for Valley Christian. <laughs> He's Valley's so head coach. Oh, is that right? <laughs> yeah, you're, okay. you're my enemy already. <laughs> Drummond Valley. Oh uh, no, Valley was actually good back in the day. Yeah, yeah. Good, yeah. good man. Yeah, that's for good. sure. Had some good teams. Yeah. Um. So no, Ryan, what's your What's your story? You graduated from Drummond. Yeah, I graduated uh, Drummond in assuming 98. Assuming you graduated. <laughs> yeah, barely. Uh, <laughs> and, then, and then, I mean, you just had a, just a life of entrepreneurship, entrepreneurship um, multiple businesses. You're very active in the community. Uh, walk us through just your story from the day you graduated um, Drummond High School. Yeah, I graduated Drummond in 98 and then uh, 1998. Yeah. <laughs> And went, I went to Rick's college for two years. And so, um, tried playing basketball over there. It didn't work out that well for me. And then that's a, and that's a Mormon school. So, um, a and lot of people don't know South, that. South Idaho. Uh, yeah, it's now BYU, Idaho is what it is now. That's okay. right. It was called Rick's college back then. Mm-hmm. And so, um, I was active in the Mormon church, you know, during that time, my family's not Mormon. And so I just, once I got out of Rick's, I came back to, you know, I was going to try to play basketball and Dylan mm-hmm. was going to get a really good shot at it. And then I blew my ACL oh. in 2000. And then um, that put me in Missoula. So one of my good friends from Rick's was going to come to school here. So I just said, oh, you know, I'm going to go to school here. So that, that, uh, that simple, that ACL injury, I always look back and I think that really changed my life. Because if I did, it wouldn't have happened, I would have went to school in Dillon. Mm-hmm. I would have played basketball in Dillon. I wouldn't know anybody here. I don't think I would have ever gained, came here. It's really funny. I My freshman year of college tore my ACL, and I go back to that moment, and that changed the directory of my life, that, yep. that one injury. Big time. Completely relate. What did you get a degree in at U of M? Uh, I graduated in communications. So it was organizational communication. With I had an emphasis in relationship com- management, too, with basically counseling so um ironically marriage counseling could have been something like that Mm -hmm. so uh, i just was trying to avoid math and i hated school sure i think school sucks and it's a waste of time so i i i really am not a fan of the school systems um and if it wasn't for my lovely wife uh i wouldn't even have my kids in school i i honestly would probably pull them Mm -hmm. out of school um I don't think kids learn anything important in school anymore. And I know I'm going to get just berated for that, but our public school systems, uh, they don't teach anything about credit scores, mortgages, um, investments, yeah. savings, nothing, nothing that you, not, not even how to buy a house, mm-hmm. all the things that you should know 
it's instead I'm my kids being forced to take band or choir. Sure. Right. Now on a podcast, you can't see the eye roll, no. <laughs> uh, but I don't agree with it. A lot of it. So, but I know they love their friends too. So sure. And I, and this is an opinion I've heard from a lot of entrepreneurial people that have gone out there and taken the school of hard knocks. Like, why wasn't I taught this in school? All these lessons that I'm now knowing and learning. And, and so I've heard this a lot and sorry for jumping ahead in the, in the oh, story, no. but, it, but it sounds like you had that entrepreneurial spirit real early on. Is that right? Yeah. Well, I just knew I never wanted to work for anybody. Mm. So in college, I was going through the motions because my parents wanted me to go to college. That's all I ever knew was college. Uh, it was like, Hey, I didn't think there was any other choice after high school, but to go to college. So it was like, oh, I got to go to college. <laughs> what was uh, your, uh, what was your first job? Like the first business you started um, out of school? It's my first job in high school or, or out of school. The first business you actually started. The first one I actually started would have been RMF entertainment. I worked for random jobs all through college. You know, yeah. Sam Goody was my favorite one. Awesome. Remember Sam, Sam Goody? Goody in the mall. Does anybody know Sam yeah. Goody anymore? No, Look at this guy. Doesn't even does. know Sam Goody. <laughs> it's uh, uh, do you know what a CD is? Yes, of course. Yeah, you, had, you had to buy CDs back in the day. You had to go buy them, and you would wait for Tuesdays and Fridays. Tuesdays, Tuesdays and, singles would come out. Yeah, Friday's album come out, and you'd run to Sam Goody here and hope that you got one of the three copies yes. that Missoula got. Kids don't have a clue what it was like, man, to hit Sam Goody. That's better fine. days. Yeah, be where'd way you work? What? Where'd you work at Sam Goody? What location? Here in Missoula. At the Missoula Mall. Yeah, that Missoula awesome. Mall, man. It was awesome. I had. I love the people I worked with um probably one of the best times of my life if i had to look back you don't realize how good you have it back then uh, i only made five dollars an hour dude five fifteen an hour crazy so you love music early yeah. early yeah early on so we were rapping you know um i met a guy at rick's college named rupert and he would freestyle rap right before practices all the time and he's just rapping and I was like, man, I want to rap. And <laughs> Eminem was super popular yeah. in 99, 2000. So he, like, it was almost like Eminem gave every white boy the, the card. Like, hey, it's okay to be a rapper and not be called Vanilla Ice. Mm -hmm. So uh, everybody tried rapping at that time. And we were just, we would try to battle rap. So I'm like, I can't battle rap. So I got to write them. Mm -hmm. And so we just started doing that. And then when I got to Missoula, it just, you know, that's what I want to, was doing more than anything. School was just kind of in this, the background. I always knew that I was different when it come to that. Was there like a, a music scene in Missoula at that time where yeah. you, there was? Okay. Yeah. Missoula's always been heavy with music. In mm -hmm. fact, back in the day, and I'm going to sound like that old guy that's always like back in the day, everything to me was better back in the day. <laughs> um, but that, that was when Missoula to me was at best. Um, you know, you, you didn't have near these bums. You know, downtown didn't look like Skid Row out of L.A. It was the, the scene was popping, man. It was like the between you had the boardroom, uh, you know, you had the elbow room on third. You guys remember the elbow yeah, room, man, on I Thursday do. nights? Mm -hmm. uh, you know, the, the, the limelight. The platters of beer for five yeah. cents a piece. Yeah, limelight that. on Tuesdays, bodega on Wednesdays. The, the scene was huge. There was DJs. There was live music everywhere. Um, and you had to actually go out of your house to see your friends. So then um, you started RMF. Started RMF in 2006, end of 2006, 2007. Okay. Cause like me and J.O., uh, that's who I rap with. We had just, 2006 was a huge year for my rapping. 
we sold out to Wilma in uh, wow. November. That was a uh, um eleven eleven oh six. We sold it out trying to impress Strange Music because we had been opening shows for Tech Nine that whole year, and that was before Tech Nine was Tech Nine. Now Tech Nine back then was still doing bars. Um, so we wanted to impress Strange Music. We sold out to Wilma. We thought we had it, and then uh, we were broke, broke, and uh, I and we had, I didn't have any money. So I had to go get a job and I hated it. I hated life. I was so pissed. I was, I was bad, dude. I, you go from like opening all these shows that year. I met DMX, Bone Thugs and Harmony. So you're um, traveling for 50 cent within that same whole, year. Whole country. With, Everywhere, with man. We were, yeah, we were, and we were getting paid though. You know, it's, it's back then you're just doing it to be cool. You know, like, oh, you look at me, I'm opening for 50 cent. And which was a great experience. Um, wouldn't even take a picture with us. One of the only ones. But uh, the whole experience was pretty cool. But then we did, we, you know, when you're younger, you realize, well, wow, I, I was about 27, 28, and I realized I have no money to my name. So um, that, that was a tough one to swallow. And that's how it's set up for all those opening acts where they're not, you're not getting No, like, they just, you're getting the exposure. You're getting the exposure. You better okay. go sell some CDs and some shirts and, oh. you know, mm-hmm. but uh, well, I mean, looking back on it, though, I think one of my biggest regrets was quitting. 27, 28 is not very old. Right. You know, when I was, I was approaching 30, I thought I was getting old. My sisters are married, having kids. My family's like, when are you getting married? You know, and you'd hear that all the time. When are you getting married? You know, and you think you're getting old. You think you need to have your career figured out. That'd be my biggest advice to anybody. Mm-hmm. You're not, you're never too old to start something. And I don't think you're ever, t- 30's not old. 30 so young and you still have a lot of time to figure things out. And I really think if I wouldn't have quit, I'd be, wouldn't be sitting here with you guys. I'd be, we'd be on your podcast. Fucking dude, I, dude, I'd be, I'd be sitting on the breakfast club, man. <laughs> no offense. The Missoula podcast is dope, but I'll be swaying in the morning, the breakfast club and nobody know jelly roll. They'd be like, who <laughs> jelly, who? <laughs> so what, what was it? Was it the pressure from your family? Like, Hey, you need to, you need to get a little a, bit. Yeah. Get a mortgage. Yeah, my my to... parents would disagree with me, but yeah, it was, family it was friends it was like hey i need to make money i need to start a family yada 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 Mm -hmm. and my wife who's still with me thank god i'm a lucky man i put her through hell and back um (laughs) your wife's pretty amazing dude she's people only know the half of it how did you guys end up together she was with me during she was a vet or (laughs) (laughs) look at me brandon (laughs) That time, everybody was lined out the door. They were like, that's our biz. Like, I got to get it, you know? I was like, ladies, ladies, ladies. I got the list. No, I'm just. <laughs> so, so in, in that season of life, that's when you really started becoming an entrepreneur. Kind of yeah, so hit pause on the music scene. I went to direct TV in 2007 and hated it. I, I haven't heard anybody say it different than that. Hey, well, I just hated working. Um, <laughs> it wasn't the, it wasn't uh, the yeah, I hate working. <laughs> yeah, so I'm like. I went direct TV. I got fired. Then I got, I went to work. I was the manager for the come and go gas station on the North side, which is now like a zip trip. I think I got fired at that point. My best friend at the time was moving back because he got a divorce mm-hmm. and he's like, I'm like, we got to do something, man. And I had seen my old roommate. He was doing, he put up a website at that time. A website was pretty, pretty rare for our area. Um, and he was doing multiple weddings. He had a calendar up of his weddings and he had two or three on one day. 
And it didn't even click that he hired people. And I'm like, how the hell are you doing that? And he's like, I hired people. And man, I went, we can do that here. And we'll market it and make it a professional thing and a big deal. And that's what we did with RMF. Crazy. So for the audience listening who may not be familiar, RMF, what is that? What does RMF do? Who are you guys? It's, so it was a, it's a wedding DJ company. Uh, started around the beginning to, of 2007. And uh, we started it just so we didn't have to work for anybody else. And plus, DJing weddings is fun. Yeah. Weddings you know? are a blast. It's like, yeah, it's that, you know, it's a fun time. It's a party. And we're like, we figured out a way to make a living doing it. Yeah. By 2010, we were doing up to six weddings every Saturday. Um, by 2013, we were doing uh, over 13 weddings a Saturday. And by 2016, it was like almost 15 weddings to 20 weddings a week between, you know, for Thursday, Friday, Saturdays, um, you know, 10 DJs, just a conglomerate of guys. And so through that, you had to learn how to hire, manage a business, run a calendar, communicate with brides communicating oh. with brides nonstop emails nonstop oh. um you know managing djs but i had really good help man mm-hmm. really good help and a lot of those guys you know what what was the great thing that made it work back then is that we we utilized control in the sense of we were buying everybody's gear and we were booking all the weddings we were planning all the weddings so it made sense for guys you know, to always keep coming back and we would make sure their calendars were full. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit more of a challenge these days to do that in that space now, because, you know, guys can go buy their own gear. They can, they realize, Oh, Hey, if I'm independent, I can do my own thing. And so it's harder to find loyalty mm-hmm. to a brand right. where mm-hmm. everybody just thinks it's so easy and they're going to go well, yeah, off and do technology their own thing. and apps. Exactly. Everybody's music. A, everybody's a DJ today. Exactly. Yeah. You literally can have an app on your phone that'll just pre-mix everything for you. So as far as a DJ itself, you don't really are. You're not DJing. Most guys aren't really DJing. I have a guy on my staff that's a phenomenal actual DJ, Colin Marshall, and no DJ Coma. I don't. Dude, I the, don't. Guy, the guy's an actual DJ. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We've been on turntables for years. Um, but – I sold RMF in, in, in 2018, the beginning of 2018, to a guy who worked for me who's doing an incredible job with it. So, um, well, and I, you're still, sorry, you're still DJing. Is that, is that on your own? Or are you now an employee yeah. of RMF? Are you, do you have any no. ties to RMF? Um, I have ties just in the sense that I'm really, me and Jordan are really close. He's who owns RMF now. Okay. Uh, we do a lot of business together um, mm-hmm. and other things. Um, we have for about a decade now. So there, there's that tie. But no, I sold it to him. And we do share an office, though. Mm. And when I sold it to him, he was cool about letting me navigate the space still. Because I, I wanted to still do my own weddings. Mm-hmm. Um, I just didn't want to manage 12, 13 guys at a time. And I wanted to get into other businesses, other investments, and other things. Sure. Um, so that was the only way to do that is to have a large sum of money. And so, um, I took the chance. I was so, I was like, I had this, like, I, I sold it and instantly lost my identity. Mm. So it was all I ever knew. And then I had to recreate it, recreate myself. Now I'm glad I did it. 
but for about two years, it's yeah. sucked. Well, here's the thing that I, I've been in a lot of weddings and the, a great DJ can make or break it. It's not just playing the right music. It's getting people going. It's transitioning on a dime. Oh man. And I bet you love that because you were the go-to guy like of, of the party. We're the most important vendor at a wedding. For sure. Without question. And your background. You have a degree in communications. Yeah. You have a background in music. Yeah. Like it's the most important vendor at a wedding. So it's like okay. because they have to, the biggest part of it is announcements. It's it's really being good on a microphone, corralling people, um, getting people um, to listen, to understand what's coming up next, working with other vendors so that they know what's going on. And we're always, I mean, for some reason, the DJ is that guy, you know, like, oh, you need a chair move, the DJ will move the chair. It's just, you get asked to do a lot of things that are even outside mm -hmm. uh, of your scope of work. And, and so when you say you lost your identity, was it? just being in that scene or was it being a business owner? What was, what it was, was RMF. I was, that's all I knew. That's mm -hmm. what I was. We had built RMF to be a really big brand and it's huge. They're still doing, um, you know, they, they can fall asleep for six months and book out the next two years. Yeah. It's just, it's just, a, it's a monster. And they got good guys over there, man. Right now they, they got a really good staff and. Well, um, I, can t I can tell you Ryan last week or two weeks ago, we were, Steven and I, we were in our productions team meeting and looking at upcoming schedule of podcasts. And I was filling them in on, Hey, Ryan Bradshaw's a guest. And they asked, who's he? And they said, well, he started RMF entertainment and everyone in the room was, Oh yeah. RMF. Yeah. Familiar with them. Yeah, like, great, it was brand, just, cool. great, great brand, brand recognition. Great brand recognition. So yeah. you know, job, job well done. I do know going on tangent tangent here, you and your wife have both had success in the multi-level marketing yeah, industry. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, in fact, well, we gotta talk about that. In fact, I remember <laughs> your BMW that yeah. you got. Um, just so obviously we don't that takes grind and hustle and oh, it was a grind. sales. And your wife still today is crushing it with Mary Kay. Yeah, she's doing phenomenal with Mary Kay. Yeah, she phenomenal. Yeah, just because she didn't quit. She's remember like earlier we were talking about if you just don't quit. Yeah. I mean, she's got the vehicle, she's got mm -hmm. she's done it all. I drove um, it here. Did you? Yeah, I was right outside. Mary Kay all over it. That's awesome. Uh, <laughs> uh, What's that experience been like for you being in the MLM uh, You know, uh, so I started in 2013. Um, and that's what's ironic is the guy I sold RMF to is the, is the guy that got me in it. I knew of him. He was actually a fan of mine in music. Mm. Um, and I knew of him because he played for my uncle in basketball. And so I just saw him one day we were, you know, sometimes you come to a crossroads and we had been doing Halloween events nonstop and I'm always looking for ways to make more money. Mm -hmm. And I saw him laying on a Mercedes. He had did this photo shoot and he's laying on a Mercedes with a verb. Um, and he's like, I got this paid for by Vima. And I'm like looking at Neil as my business partner in RMF. It's like, if this knucklehead Waldo, <laughs> can get a free bmw off this company i'm like me and you were gonna make millions <laughs> that was exactly what it was call him he's like all right he's like get get call 10 of your best so we did we we called a meeting with 10 people that i thought would kill it eight out of the 10 got on board right on the spot and we created a fire that was it, it just mowed 
Montana down for a while. We, uh, by the by the time at the, at our height had three thousand people in thirteen states. Crazy. It was, it was massive. It's wild. Yeah. So, uh, well, what, why were you so good at this? I mean, this is not. Um, you talk about it was like it was easy. It was, it, but it's not. I know. Well, it's not. no, it's not. We. It was. It was a. Uh, to be honest with you, um, and I'm not very proud of this now, but I'll tell her. You know, I'll say it how it is, man. It's taking advantage of people, and mm. in, in a certain sense of it was influence. Yeah. We had massive influence at that time. It was like if we were to say jump, everyone's like how high. Um, and we knew we could create a massive um, excitement. Network marketing, and I'm going to exclude Mary Kay. Mary Kay has been around for 50 years. Right. Most of these companies, though, and the one I was in was called Vima. And, and, and I will say they're doing really well now. Um, they went and underwent an investigation and won. It was you were going to influence people. You were going to have these big, big events. And it was painting the picture like, hey, we do this. We're all going to get rich. And we're all going to get vehicles and we're all going to make money. And it was easy to sell that. Sure. Um, I'm a good sale. I can sell. So when it comes to selling something, um, it was, it was easy for us. It was very easy for us to go from, you know, but is it ethically right? Uh, I don't know, man. I, 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 you know, cause you knew there's some people getting in it. You just knew they didn't have a chance in hell. And they're coming in with their last $500 to sign up. You just know they don't have a chance at making a dime. And that started to get to us a little bit. There was a, about a year where I really believed it. Like, I was like, man, this thing is the legit thing. So it wasn't all like, I'm just trying to bamboozle you. No. Um, I really believe it. And the products are good. I still will order it every now and then. The vitamin was phenomenal. I don't even know if I can talk about some of it. You start realizing like there's cheating going on and there's the people at the top of those are they they've been at the they're at the top for a reason for in most right. cases. Right, right. They've uh so climbed over a lot of people to get there. When when did you transition out of that? Uh that would have been 2015. Okay. Can I say some one thing though about Vima real mm -hmm. quick? I don't want to make it sound like it was a total bad thing. Because the best part of those companies, if you're in one. I almost encourage people to get in one, but just like the product. Mm -hmm. Don't like the hype, just like the product. Because to this day, some of the best friends I have and people I know in business or otherwise just came from FEMA. Right. I wouldn't know, there, there's, there's a lady in Denver. Um, her name's Michelle Barnes, she's phenomenal. Um, Jordan, who I sold RMF to, FEMA. My business partner in manscaping, FEMA. I would not know the networking aspect of those companies can be incredible if you're getting out there and meeting people. Yeah. Um, well, because it attracts guys, you know, we're in sales too. It attracts yeah. ambitious people that want more for their life that are grinders. Like, of course, those are great. Yep. Those are great people. Yeah. And want to be surrounded by those. Types. Ryan there, you mentioned manscaping. Let's talk about that. Yeah. Yeah, man. So I that started manscaping 2020. We actually right at the end of 2019 he's, when we were kind of getting great it going. Time, great time to start a business. Yeah. Yeah, it was. <laughs> well, did, um, hold on. Before you get in, did you have any, like, how did this idea come to you, man? Well, so we, I wanted to get into some other stuff. Okay. And I had, I have dumped thousands into cryptocurrency 
you know, I did the Forex trading and it's not working, especially Forex trading. You guys familiar with that? Yeah. Yeah. I've had, had Man, some friends better, that do that. It, there's people make good money. Rich people make, there's people that, but that's a 1%, you know, and then the other 99 of us that think that we can do it. You can go to these trainings. Um, no, it's calculated gambling and you better be very good at it. Um, but uh, 2019, so Casey, who I was in Vima with, he is good at Forex. Um, he was like, hey, um, I need an investor because he wanted to leave the landscaping company he was in. And he's like, I want to start my own. He's like, do you want to do this? And so I said, sure. Looked at some of it. I like to start, I like to be involved in businesses that have a, a need no matter what. Wedding industry, there's always going to have even... The only thing that derailed weddings in all my years is COVID. And it didn't even last that long. Right. right. Same thing with lawn care. Everybody always needs their lawn mode. So the need for it is so high all the time. It's easy to do it if you just have good customer service and you have good and good employees. And so it's from there, it's just a matter of hard work and it's grown from there. I don't know that I was number one, but I was one of the first manscaping customers. Oh yeah, I think I, you I were was. in the first year. Yeah, right? yeah, very beginning. Yeah. Um, so one manscaping takes care of our lawn. Uh, and seriously, Ryan, your team, your guys, your crew do a phenomenal job. Great guys, work hard, get it done. It looks great. Um, but I like it because I can come home. And be sure to let my family know, hey, I got the lawn taken care of today. And <laughs> yeah. didn't lift a finger. <laughs> yeah, see? Uh, but no, you guys seriously do a great job. And I know we've talked year yeah. over year. You guys are, this is year three, year four? Uh, four. And your crews are getting but, larger. I mean, your equipment. Is, I mean, you guys are multiplying. Um, Every year we've grown. Yeah. Um, grown exponentially. It's been great growth. Yeah. Um, we've got a good group of guys. And we've had to navigate some challenges this year, yeah. um, but uh, it's been overall very good, very good growth, very good crew. And this is the this is the industry that you're only as good as the guys that are working for you for sure. Is that most of your marketing is just word of mouth, people? Yeah, word of mouth, social media, yeah. uh, our name. It's mm -hmm. easy to to um, market our name for sure. Manscaping, we would kind of play off the name, mm -hmm. and you know, but again. You know, Casey knew a lot of people here. I know a lot of people here. And, and a lot of good people that knew us gave us a chance in the beginning. Yeah. So that helps out. Is that what's the biggest challenge with the landscaping company? I mean, uh, is employment. It, is it always employers. Yeah, employment? it's finding guys to work. Mm -hmm. You know, finding, and we have a good core of guys that always show up, um, but they need you know, help. One, one thing is the last year I, I saw with manscaping and actually, Ryan, you joke about, a lot about how much you don't like to work and don't want to work for anyone. And I understand what you're saying, but you have a ton of work ethic and drive. And mm -hmm. um, just in this last season, I know your business partner, Casey, walked through just a terrible, tragic situation in his own personal life, which took him away from work. And I happened to see one day Ryan out there with a lawnmower who Ryan left his office, got in a truck. Ryan was out there with his crew working mowing lawns because the job needed done and i think that's phenomenal leadership when you're down in the trenches with your guys uh speaks volumes and so that day i saw i was actually yeah very, I that. very I impressed that, that yeah. gosh you're out there in your jordans yeah i had to get out there man for for about five weeks yeah 
So going out, you know, a day or two a week, trying to get speaks volumes. No, I appreciate it. Yeah. Um, just in that same vein of entrepreneurship, uh, your son, your 14 year old son is now running a business in Missoula. And is that taking off? How's he's doing? How's he doing? What are you learning? He he's doing all right. He's doing all right. He's losing interest. Is he? I'm being honest. Yeah. You know, the funny, he is losing a little bit of interest, but you know what? Um, to his credit, and I, I give him a lot of credit for being a, you know, a teenager at 14 is all. He's actually this summer um really bailed us out in the mowing. Mm-hmm. Um, he has a knack mm-hmm. and it sounds easy to to operate a zero turn mower um it's not no. uh you know and so i'll even get on one and i'll mow and you'll look you'll think everything's smooth and you'll whip that thing around and your line's like <laughs> <laughs> um he has an uncanny knack for mowing really? straight as an arrow yeah zips that thing around and so we we've been sending him out um you know about five, six weeks this summer, he would go out, help out, you know, mow up 20, 30 lawns in a week. And so we did take him out of that element a little bit to help us out. Dad's business is more important. The dog poop scooping business is kind of on hold right now. So it's on hold, but I'm going to, I'm going to take that to the moon, man. Yeah. Yeah, dude, that's an easy hustle. So I don't even care if everybody else hears it. You got to actually do the work right? and give everybody your ideas, but then it's executing it. Right easiest hustle man and they're paying and there's a lot of dogs in missoula uh, yeah there's a there's a one very good company here in missoula um i'll even give them a shout out it's montana pooper scoopers when i heard what they make a client i was like i was standing there looking at this lady and i'm like you gotta be kidding me um but it's a spring hustle or a spring cleanup hustle you know so like it's almost like a fireworks stand Mm -hmm. for eight weeks in april and may you, Nuts. You, you can make such a good side income that that's what we're shooting for next spring. That's awesome. So and, and probably pretty low startup cost. To get oh, that super going. low. Yeah, super low. We're just going to get the website launched here in the winter. We'll start marketing it heavy throughout the winter. And the goal is to get 200 clients for spring cleanup. Do so, you have a name for the business yet? Is that public? Is it's that- a, yeah, it's K9. It's a, the K9 crew. K9 crew. K9 cleanup crew. Yeah, it's on Facebook. That's awesome. So yeah, but he'll he'll do good with that, I think, in the spring. But you know, if you get the right amount of clients, the right amount of money, I mean, if you did the math on it, you're just like, wow. Yeah. Well, before we get to our rapid fire questions, um, what is what's next for Ryan Bradshaw? What what's what's coming in the near future? So I know there's always something new on the radar. Uh well, we're gonna wrap. Come we're on. gonna rap again, man. We're gonna have um You're back. Yeah, we're gonna put out some new music. And I'm excited about that because um it's something we've toyed with for a while and it's fun. You know, I always tell like for me, I always want I think it's important to do things you love to do. Mm-hmm. And so if you're doing what you love, it's not work. And so sometimes lately, and you know, in the last few years, it feels like I'm working. And I hate that. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to feel more like I'm doing stuff I love to do, and I love I love messing with music. So we're gonna be doing that. It's awesome. Yeah, I'm ready for it. Uh, okay, so you you've talked a lot about some of the businesses you've started. And you didn't want to work for any, but but why why what is the internal drive? 
for you? Why are you so motivated? Uh, I guess a better question is what, what's your why? What's your purpose and passion for doing the things that you do? I, I think honestly, at this point, it started out, my why was because I didn't, I just wanted to own my own business. Um, I don't want to clock in at a certain time. If I wake up at 10 in the morning one day and I don't want to go into work, I don't have to go into work. That was what it started out. Now it's just more for my family. You know, when you, I have four kids, you know, my, so I'd say my why is making sure that they're okay. Um, also, I think to set an example for my kids that I really believe that when you work hard at something um, and, and you, you can declutter your mind and, and surround yourself with the right people that you can really get done whatever you, you can do whatever you want. Mm-hmm. So I think it's showing them that because, you know, kids, our kids, this generation of kids, they have a lot to deal with, a lot more stuff ever. Yeah. So I think I would say that's my my why now yeah you know that's awesome uh where can people find you and specifically as you're making some more music how can they tap into that or or what's some social media that they can follow uh, you know you? yeah you just get on get on facebook you know i only i only mess with facebook and instagram i don't have tiktoks or any of that other stuff mm-hmm. but it's you know just search up ryan bradshaw and you'll find all my stuff all right you know i'll be i'll be promoting our biz here pretty soon and We'll get some music out there to the world. Awesome, man. <laughs> we ready for some rapid fire questions? Yes, sir. Okay, go for All it. All right. Ryan, what is your earliest memory of Missoula since we are on the Missoula podcast? Uh, the Village Six. Yeah, so what's that? You come down here and watch movies. You know, when I was in junior high, high school, it was the one thing to come down here and do. Reserve was Dirt Road. My parents met working at the Village Six Theater. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. So, so this was the big city for uh drum and Oh, kids. it was, yeah. You came to Missoula to do something. So the village six theater, if my memory is correct, was where McKinsey river is. five on black, all that, that whole strip right there was, was village, the village six, six theater. Awesome. It's awesome. I love it. Yeah. Great, great memory. Uh, what's your favorite coffee shop in Missoula? Uh, oh man, I would say, I would say good Americano or City Brew. Good Americano is good. Have you ever been there? Yeah, in Rosars. Yeah, in Rosars there. They do a good job in there. Um, yeah, that'd be it. Good Americano. Cool. What's your favorite restaurant? That's a tough one, man. I feel oh. like the food in Missoula has gotten better. It depends what last, I'm in like, the mood for. Like, if I want, you know, let's say I love Zutai. Zutai's good, man. Yeah, uh, 1889, though. Like, if I if I want to go, 1889 has the the most phenomenal Brussels sprouts. You it's like that Brussels whole sprouts? Block. The yeah, food on that block is amazing. And the old post oh, has good, good food too. So, but I think it really depends on my mood. I love food. So, if you're taking your wife on a date, you going to 1889 or or Zutai? Uh, we would go to 1889, maybe, or or, or the old post, probably. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, what's your zip code? Uh, 804-59804. Okay. Uh, especially coming from outside of Missoula. So did I. I'm a Dylan boy. So you missed out on being a bulldog. In uh, <laughs> yeah. But Missoula's weird. And that's you see those bumper stickers all the time. Yeah. Keep Missoula weird. What's the weirdest thing about Missoula to you? <laughs> <laughs> you really want me to answer that, Brandon? Yeah. 
<laughs> we're not sure, but go ahead. <laughs> uh, you know, I, 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 um, there, there, <laughs> I would say, and I'm going to be politically correct. I think Missoula is weird in general, just because, you know, we do, we're like almost like a, we're a melting pot for a lot of different stuff as far as music goes. Um, I think as far as cultures go, which I think different cultures is great. I better be careful how I word this. Um, I think that's all a good thing, but I think the weirdest thing though, so we went to Seattle last week week, and everybody was telling me like, Oh, be careful. There's going to be all this to me. Perhaps Missoula's downtown is worse than Seattle's. Mm -hmm. Um, We look like Skid Row downtown right now. Mm -hmm. And I think it's weird because we're not doing anything about it. We need to come up with something, man. I don't have, I don't have the solutions, but um, we're just letting people just trash it down there. So that's why it's weird to me. Other than that, everything else is great. (laughs) (laughs) Well, last question. What do you love most about Missoula? Uh, I, I like that. Uh, I like that the you know, for the most part, it's still a trusting community. You know, I like the school my kids go to. Um, I think that uh, you know, good family, good friends. I've been here. I'm comfortable with it. That's also the gift and the curse. I think sometimes you know too many people, <laughs> but uh, it's still small enough to where you know you can come in do fun things like this and. You know, it's a good place for kids, I think, still. Awesome. Well, dude, thanks for being here. Uh, yeah, man. You've been a friend a long time. Appreciate you. Love your family. Yeah, you guys Love are great. Love our boys or friends. Um, yeah, keep hustling. Excited to see what's next for you. Oh, man. Appreciate it. Yeah, thanks, man. Yeah, absolutely. Go Celtics. <laughs> <laughs>